This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, January 15th, 2021. I'm Mark Bolanche. In the report this week, Joe Biden to make joining a union easier, caring for care workers during the pandemic. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. Don't let the delicate looks fool you, honey. Singing. Stand our ground for equal money. This is Radio Labour. In the United States, the incoming Biden administration is moving ahead with cabinet appointments, preparing for progressive labor legislation, actions to create a job-rich recovery, and tackling the pandemic. And incredibly, deal with an attempted fascist coup led by Donald Trump. All this while the Trump administration has been actively opposing Mr. Biden's team during the transition. The AFL-CIO, the largest labor federation in the United States, actively campaigned for Biden's Democratic Party. In an interview, the president of the federation, Richard Trumka, discussed recent events in the country. He mentions as one of the AFL-CIO's priorities the protecting the right to organize legislation, known as the PRO Act, which would make it easier for workers to form and join unions. I think the the President Biden has done an incredible job of putting together a a very skilled and diverse cabinet. Not just diverse in the sense of ethnic background or race or gender, but also in the sense of economic uh, gender, economic diversity. Uh, Marty Walsh is an exceptional, he'll be an exceptional Labor Secretary for the same reason that he was an outstanding mayor. He actually carried the tools. He's a worker who came through the ranks and understand workers, I think he's going to do a, a great job. And I think you could say that about virtually every one of the picks uh, that uh, President-elect Biden has come through in his cabinet. It's the same, whether it's Pete Buttigieg at the transportation, uh, Katie Ty at the trade rep. All of those have been just outstanding picks. For us, uh, the PRO Act uh, is very, very important. Because right now you have a tremendous imbalance uh, between employers uh, and workers when it comes to power. Uh, And we're never going to uh, get wages and inequality under control unless we give workers more power. And and the PRO Act, which is uh, the Right to Organize uh, Act, the passage of that, uh, is very, very important. Uh, I think uh, winning the two seats in Georgia was was a sea change because it will allow... Uh, the Chuck Schumer to control the agenda of the Senate. Uh, confirmation of the cabinet will come quicker. Confirmation of judges and other things uh, will come quicker. Uh, I think it, had it been if Mitch McConnell was still in charge, uh, he would have tried to stymie uh, the agenda just like he did to, to President Obama. Uh, and so I think for the good of the country, uh, winning those two seats was a, was a good thing for the country. And I think we'll see the agenda move forward. First thing, I think there'll be a, a bigger program to take care of uh, the, the pandemic and the economy, a stimulus program. Uh, look, you're, you're starting to see the telltale signs right now uh, of the first CARES package, uh, the stimulus bill dying. Uh, you saw 140,000 jobs go away this month. Uh, you see, still seeing over a million people sign up for new unemployment benefits. So you're starting to see 
the fact that the CARES package or the stimulus package is dead, and the second one is too small. It won't pull us out of it. So the first thing we can do is that. The second thing is you'll see a concentrated plan and the resources necessary uh, to attack COVID-19 and get everybody vaccinated uh, and get that uh, behind us so that we can start to normalize uh, the economy again. We're at a terrible stage now. We lost uh, at a record day for people dying, over 4,000. The number of people hospitalized is at a record level. Uh, The number of people contracting COVID is as at a record level. So getting that under control is important, uh, the essential thing. And that ties into the second thing, getting the economy back on track. You can't get the economy back on track unless we first take care of COVID. And then when we do that, then we have to have a proper stimulus package that'll start the economy, prime the pump, if you will, get the economy rolling. 26.1 million people are unemployed. COVID-19 is making the world pay attention to the really essential workers in society, such as care workers. See, Marie Ainsborough has a report. One of the consequences of the pandemic has been the highlighting of how essential workers are in the care sector, which is dominated by women. Sharon Burrow, the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation, discussed the issue in a recent webinar organized by women care workers. The ITUC is the body which represents national labor centers such as the Canadian Labor Congress at the world level. Ms. Burrow. The global labor market's in trouble. If you think that 60% of the global workforce is indeed working informally, you can understand the majority of those people are women. It's a sector of desperation, no rights, no minimum wages, no social protection, and of course, no secure work. And even then, when you think, oh, that's a developing country issue, think again, look around uh, your own cities and communities at the unemployed and the underemployed and what they do to struggle for a livelihood. But also look at the new and emerging um, platform businesses, the internet-mediated businesses, of which care is actually at the mercy now of seeing the breaking down of secure work because of internet contracts. These businesses take no responsibility. Again, there's no guarantee except where you have uh, statutory or nationally legislated minimum wages and often no social protection, particularly outside of developed economies. So in that context, women work across both formal and informal, but in each category, they are in fact in care, in community services, which I associate with care. In fact, we say it's actually education, health, childcare, aged care and community services because, in fact, this is about care. And we've seen a convergence of crisis that has made inequality where women dominate in these labour market sectors even before COVID-19. So if you think inequality, the explosion of inequality with a hyper-globalised environment, the breakdown of the social contract, then care workers in that broad definition, predominantly women, were already becoming more unequal in terms of the labour market. If you actually then go to uh, the climate emergency, again, convergence of crisis, increases inequality, loss of lives and livelihoods has been with us from frontline victims now for more than a decade, not always recognised, the bulk of them women, and many of them caught up in care of course, unpaid care as well as paid care. 
So when you then look at that global crisis and the breakdown in trust, women have been the most trusting of people because they're prepared to give to their families, their communities, their neighbours. It's kind of, uh, you know, inherently in the DNA because women bear the burden of care for their own families and therefore it translates more easily. But if you think about those crises and the convergence of those crises with massive and escalating unemployment in a breakdown in the global system, the lack of trust in democracy, then women who were the most supportive of government programs are even now less trusting of democracy and young people in particular. So then COVID-19 marches along. What a year this has been. And, uh, you know, kudos to all of you for putting lives first, but at the same time fighting for advances in the social contract, as we call it, to look after workers who are in lockdown or affected by uh, uh, COVID-19 or indeed frontline workers in health and services. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labour Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 36 languages. Here's a small sample of their work. Our top story section included links to coverage of the efforts being made by the American labour movement to smooth the transition to a new government in that country the arrest of a prominent Cambodian trade unionist as the repression of trade unions, especially in the garment sector, intensifies, and the 1,000-day anniversary of the fight to win union recognition at a meatpacking plant in Turkey owned by a global food processing corporation. The emerging trend in our news coverage of unions in the global north concerns the priorities each country has or is developing for the vaccination of workers. In Canada and in the United Kingdom, for example, public transport workers and teachers are pushing hard to be amongst the first workers to get the jab, as their unions argue that they are required to come into contact with large numbers of people each day, so their safety is at greater risk than others. In the Global South, the picture is considerably different, as in most cases, the vaccination process has not begun yet. Instead, we are seeing a great many stories about how, as a slow economic recovery begins in many countries, workers are funding it as employers cut wages, reduce social benefits, and undermine the security of employment that some workers enjoyed. In several countries, the state is repressing the efforts that unions have been making to organize a response. This trend has been particularly obvious in East and Southern Africa, Bangladesh, Malaysia, and in parts of China. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news of what the women workers who led the fight for legal abortions in Argentina have planned for the immediate future, how employers in Bangladesh are taking advantage of the pandemic to undermine the recent gains made by garment workers, and a number of stories about how women journalists are being targeted while covering protests in the United States, Turkey, Brazil, and in Hong Kong. 
The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine carried stories detailing the workplace safety legislation changes that British unions are concerned about as the United Kingdom exits from the European Union. The ease with which COVID-19 spreads in workplaces and societies where paid sick leave and public health care are not the norm and the continuing and intensifying mental health issues facing healthcare workers in countries hard hit by the second wave. Our current photo of the week is of Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions Chairperson Carol Eng, who was recently arrested along with at least 50 other democracy activists under Hong Kong's national security law. Current campaigns that we are running at the request of unions around the world include an urgent appeal for online solidarity with education workers in Jordan, where the teachers' union has been ordered dissolved by the government and where its leaders face jail terms of up to 13 years. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Union Nation with Union Ladies. And that's it, international labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.